Hey everyone, wanted to give a quick update from the road. I uh, am traveling across the country and I have a schedule. You can look it up at worldviewconversation.com. If you want to come out and meet me, would love to see you. I'll be in Indiana tomorrow and the next day. And then um, on Wednesday and Thursday, I think it is of next week, I'll be in Oklahoma. So would love to see you. I had a wonderful time last night in DeForest, Wisconsin at the Evangelical Free Church there. Great crowd. Great questions. Uh, stayed with a wonderful family. Wish I could have stayed longer, but I had to come to Chicago, which is where I am now, and do a project on Nini's Deli. So for those who have seen Paint the Wall Black, Juan Riesco has basically uncanceled himself. He is uh, serving empanadas at Nini's Deli as I speak. Uh, he had a lot of customers come in. He had police officers come in. And um, I, I'm just amazed that the same business that was canceled last year, same person who was canceled, has basically made a comeback. So doing a project on that, and uh, it's, it's worth it, by the way. The food is so good. The empanadas are so good. If you are traveling through Chicago, please make a pit stop. Support Nini's Deli. Uh, it's a good business if you support free speech. And, if, uh, of course, if you support Christianity, th this is the place to go. Uh, and it's good food. So there you go. Um, but uh, I wanted to talk about a few things. When you're on the road, you have a lot of thoughts if you have a lot of time. And um, I, I have had a lot of time with the windshield and just kind of thinking um, about a number of different topics. So there's a lot of uh, podcasts that I want to do. But one of the, the, the topics that I've a lot of you have sent me um, links to and, I, and I, uh, you want me to comment on, I'm, I'm guessing, from all the people who have sent me the link, is the T4G conference and how it's, it's basically coming to an end. The last T, T4G conference together for the Gospel Conference uh, is, um, is coming up and it will be the last one. And so um, this won't probably be as relevant next week as it is this week. So I figured I'll, I'll do this first because I think a lot of people want to know uh, what my thoughts are on it. And um, I, I don't have a lot of thoughts, I don't think. We'll see by the time I get done with this video. But um, there's a video. You can go check it out at the T4G website of Mark Deber and Ligon Duncan. And uh, they're talking about the, the end of T4G. For those who don't know, T4G conference that happened every two years, um, mainly a reformed conference, kind of part of this young restless reform movement, whatever that was. Uh, you had some charismatic reformed people, some Baptists, some Presbyterians. It was just all kinds of people. And... Um, it's, you know, it kind of stood for that, that new Calvinism. That was, T4G was kind of about that. And this is the last year they're doing it. And there's this video of Mark Dever and Lincoln Duncan talking about it, kind of reflecting, but it, it's kind of a weird, it, it's unusual. It's just an unusual video, in my opinion. It strikes a, an unusual chord. And um, I, I thought maybe I would, I, I wrote down a few thoughts as I listened to it. It's about half an hour long. And I figured I'd share some of those with you. And then also there was a Gospel Coalition article that came out, I think it was today, on the end of T4G. And I'll, I'll mention that briefly as well and, and just how I interpret this whole thing. So the first thing is that about the two-minute mark in the video between Mark Dever and uh, Ligon Duncan, they basically admit that people just aren't interested. They say that uh, they knew there would, be coming, there would come a time when people wouldn't be as interested anymore in attending. And, and so it, it tells me... They're probably, they, they probably realize the writings on the wall that, you know, this is kind of, they, they're not going to be able to sustain this for much longer. They, they're not going to get the numbers out like they used to get um, for a conference. 
And I'll let you try to figure out why you think that is. I have my own ideas on that. I'll give those to you. But, you know, there's, there's a reason that um, this coalition is kind of falling apart. And I think they also give you the reason for that in the interview. They don't state it outright, but the emphasis of this whole discussion between Dever and Duncan seems to indicate that they know the social justice stuff has something to do with it. So uh, this was a decision made between Mark Dever, Al Mohler, and Lincoln Duncan, uh, they say, about the 955 mark. And, um, and, and then it's this interesting kind of, it's kind of disjointed, I'll be honest. They're, they're, uh, Duncan and Dever are kind of, especially Dever is interrupting Duncan. They're, they, there's clearly not a script, which is fine, but there's, they're just kind of all over the place and kind of just having a, a casual conversation in the kitchen or something. It looks like someone's kitchen. And for such a big movement, a big conference, it, it's just, it is a little unusual to just have this kind of, this conversation in someone's kitchen. Um, that's just very, it, it I don't think they knew exactly what they were going to say before they said it. Perhaps there was a few things they knew they knew they wanted to cover. But the the two things I was left with afterward, the, the the emphasis that I saw was number one, they are very defensive about social justice issues. They want to they feel like they've I think been misrepresented in some ways. They want to explain themselves and they want to defend themselves. And so uh, they defend Shylin. Um and and some of the uh, the pushback he's gotten from conservatives, um, and and one of the things that I thought was interesting is conservatives. This is a very important point, actually. Conservatives in the evangelical world or otherwise, they don't do the same thing that those on the left do. Those on the left kind of defend their own a lot more than conservatives will defend the people that are to their right. Let's say. Uh, they tend to want to back up and let that person kind of defend themselves, and uh, they'll they'll allow them to be kind of thrown to the wolves. But l- people on the left don't do that as much. And Dever and Duncan, you know, they really went to to bat for Shylin. They defended him. He's going to speak again. Um, Mark Dever defends himself from the accusations that he endorses "Divided by Faith," which has been a very controversial book, and basically says, "Well, I don't endorse the solutions in there." Uh, he defends, uh, there, there seems to be some kind of an insecurity he has over the MLK panel uh, that was very controversial. I remember, the only thing I really remember from that was, um, and there's probably a, a bunch of controversial things involved in it, uh, they seem to think that it, it revolves, or it, it's about MLK, that, you know, like, because M- MLK, I guess, wasn't orthodox and wasn't uh, maybe the figure that Reformed Christians should be looking to, um, that they have to kind of defend that MLK. It really wasn't about MLK. It's about, you know, this the broader kind of civil rights movement. But you know, they called it the MLK panels. I, I mean, at least that's what they're calling it in this interview, which I thought was interesting. Um, and Mark Mark uh, Dever on that panel, I remember this. He said that George. He insinuated at least that George Washington wasn't a brother. He wasn't saved. It, but the reason was because he owned slaves. So it's like you. I guess you can't be slave. You can't be saved if you own, if you were a slaveholder or something. And that, it's just it's it's a weird. I just remember that and thinking like, well, what do you do with so much of scripture um, on that topic and and the the people that we look to in the Bible who would have fit that description? It just it was an unusual chord, and that was from a few years ago. But he's still thinking about it. And a lot of the the insecurities and just the things that they're defensive about came out in this interview, uh, or this discussion between Duncan and Dever. Um, 
they talk about they justify uh, you know the MLK panel and uh, the association with divided by faith and having Shylin speak and all of that because of um, the affirmations and denials in the charter statement for T4G in article uh, 17 says that we acknowledge that the staggering magnitude of injustice against African Americans in the name of the gospel presents a special opportunity for displaying the repentance, forgiveness, and restoration promised in the gospel. We further affirm that evangelical Christianity in America bears a unique responsibility to demonstrate this reconciliation with our African American brothers and sisters. We deny that any church can accept racial prejudice, discrimination, or division without betraying the gospel. And I'm not going to comment on uh, th that article necessarily, but that I just want to give you the information that that's the article that they think uh, justifies what they've done uh, in T4G. And they kind of pass the blame. They say that, well, you know, the controversy that's been that surrounded certain things in T4G, it's not really them. They were they were doing everything in keeping with this article. Uh, it's it's these critics, you know, it's, it's the, the changing political climate and the critics that have arisen because of that. It's not them. That's that's kind of the message between the lines that you're seeing. Like, why are they bringing all this stuff up? Uh, they talk a lot about younger preachers and how excited they are for younger preachers that are up and coming. But it, it's it's a weird chord that they strike because you're it's a video about T4G's ending. It, it's it's done. It's this is the last one. But hey, we're excited about these really you know cool up and coming preachers. I don't know like. If they were saying like T4G is going full steam and we got these great up and coming preachers, it would make more sense. But it's ending. People aren't coming as much. But we're, hey, we're really excited about these up and coming preachers. It's a weird court. It, it's kind of dis, disjointed. It, it's not, it feels uh, it feels like discord. It just feels like uh, you know it doesn't belong together. Those two things. Um, they talk about you know some of the people that they're excited to have come speak, and it is interesting to me. And I, I'm not telling i'm not saying exactly you know that like i know the reason why but like of course john MacArthur's not there um al moeller's not even i guess going to be speaking but uh you do have people like david platt speaking and and they were very very clear david platt speaking about missions i think that's because when he gave that speech in 2018 i think it was 2018 um on a horrible horrible uh message that i, I consider to have false teaching in it on um social justice and uh, the um, disparities that exist between white people and black people in the United States and how, you know, the church is complicit in this and uh, we, you know, the church has to, people have to repent, the church is guilty somehow. You know, that, that whole speech was very controversial. Uh, Let justice roll down, it was called. And so um, they don't mention that message, but they do say, uh, they do emphasize that David Platt's going to be speaking on missions, and they don't they don't really do that for some of the other speakers. So I thought that was interesting. It it just shows me they're very sensitive right now, uh, and they're very aware of the fact that they've they have critics. Mark Dever even said it. You know, he knows he has critics, and so T4G is ending in this climate where they say, well, it's ending because you know we always knew it would end, and you know there was going to be less interest, and and it's really just so stressful to to do these conferences. I'm sure that's all true, but w when you listen to the whole half an hour, you kind of start to realize, wait a minute, in this whole discussion about it ending, there's an awful lot of defensiveness, an awful lot of insecurity, an awful lot of, um, uh, of bringing up controversies from years past. 
And it makes you think that that has something to do with it. That's connected to it in some way. The social justice issue uh, is connected with the ending of, of T4G, the, of the Together for the Gospel conferences in some ways. So here's the, um, the interesting way the Gospel Coalition is kind of uh, uh, interpreting this. Um, Colin Hansen wrote an article about this whole thing. And his point is basically, if I could just summarize the, the, the point, is that um, the Gospel Coalition is ending because there's all these political disagreements going on. And people who are Christians feel more at home with those um, in, that agree with them politically than they do other Reformed uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. And he kind of uh, talks about this as if he's not really part of that. Uh, he's, he's an observer of this. Uh, this is just kind of kind of something to lament in some ways. It's kind of a negative thing, but it it really strikes a sour note that you know, this is not you know God used it, but that you know this is the end of an era. This is the end of a movement. So Stephen Wolf uh, on Twitter put this out there. Uh, the the great irony here is that Colin Hansen is one of the top five people most responsible for the current divisions in evangelicalism. This is how elites perpetuate their status. Their own failures are repackaged as, as tutelary uh, instructions for the masses. Stephen Wolf was blocked by the Gospel Coalition for posting this. Blocked. And, you know, I, don't, I haven't done a lot of work on Colin Hansen, but I, he was the one that was basically saying Christians were racist, or at least insinuating it, because of Trump support, that kind of thing. So he got right into that political mire. And yet, then he turns around and, as if he's kind of separated from that, says, well, as you know, these political disagreements are ending this great thing that, that we had for some time. And um, if you look at the panels at T4G, it, even the panels show that there's such an awareness of this. The topics are things like, you know, how, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, topics on critical race theory. There's, there's, I think, a panel on that. They have one on, uh, there's a session on, um, how to basically be a pastor in this politicized age. And I want you to think about what's missing from this. What's missing from all of this? What's the thing that just seems like, what's, what's, why does this feel off? It feels way off to me. And I, I don't think I'm alone in that. Why does it feel off? I think one of the reasons is because T4G was supposed to be, in theory, something that was focused on God, uh, theology, the gospel, very focused on on God, on those things. And what the fo the focus seems to be in this video with Dever and Duncan and uh, Colin Hansen's kind of uh, looking back at T4G and interpreting why it's ending, the, the focus seems to be on themselves. It's very much on um, kind of their reputations. Uh, the, um, there's, there's like kind of a bitterness that's going on there and you just, you don't get the sense that this is a movement that is really focused on the Lord anymore. It's, um, it, it's kind of in the mire itself. And you would think, I would think for a movement that's having its last conference, it, the focus would be, look at all the positive things that God's done. Like, let's just make this a celebration of everything but they're not going out that way. Maybe there will be some of that, but they're going out with a kind of let, let's get, this is our last opportunity to really like defend what we did here and really, um, you know, kind of maneuver again, somehow maneuver 
um, ourselves into this position where we're not really responsible for the downfall of this. We are, uh, it's, it's the critics, it's other people, it's passing the buck. It's focused on defending oneself. And it's, it's extremely sad to me because right now in our context, the great thing we need is courage. Okay. It's in realville where most of us live, where there's, um, very scary things happening, a totalitarian government that is uh, even denying religious exemptions and um, exerting such authority over the church. And, you know, even and some of the men even speaking at T4G were, went to BLM styled rallies while their churches were closed because of COVID. I mean, there's utter hypocrisy going on. Uh, this is the time to to make a stand. This is the time to acknowledge what's happening to real people in in church in churches to acknowledge the pressure coming from even the biden administration on christian colleges and ministries uh colleges in particular when it comes to the um lgbt requirements and all of that non supposedly you know non-discrimination requirements it's the time to look around us and take note of what actually is going on and then help people help those in the pews they need answers they need to be able to think through these things they need someone who has wisdom and knows what to do and can think biblically and is willing to take risks and is willing to take stands and can acknowledge the elephant in the room. And winsomeness is not the virtue. It's not really a virtue anyways, but it's not the virtue we need right now. That's more of a personality trait. Uh, we need virtue. We need character. People willing to suffer deprivation. People who don't care if they're called all kinds of horrible names because truth is important and defending the true gospel is important and defending the law of God is important and standing up to the bullies who are standing, who, who themselves are aligned against those things is important and sticking up for your brothers and sisters who have the steamroller of the state running right over them is important. I'd like to suggest that for all the talk about relevance and winsomeness, T4G, and this goes for the Gospel Coalition and, uh, as well, they are not relevant and they have been anything but winsome. It has been, and this is my opinion here, it has been a failure as far, if that was the goal, to be relevant and to give people these great resources, they've for the most part failed in that. Now, I'm not saying there haven't been good messages at T4G. I'm not saying that there weren't maybe some good things and connections made because of T4G. I'm saying, though, as a whole, as, as it's ending, and you look back at this movement, it is very sad how it's ending. And there's really not a whole lot to show. Uh, we, we sit in the ruins of what was Reformed Christianity 15 years ago, uh, 10 years ago even. And uh, there's, it, it's, a, it's a sad commentary on our state. And um, I, I hope that there are some, and, and I know there are, but I hope that there are some brave, courageous, young preachers out there who are um, not willing to apologize for any part of what the Bible says about anything and will stand up for the truth and will help the people that actually need the help, the real flesh and blood people in their pews. And I hope that that is what takes the place of things like T4G, because if you are going to T4G looking for answers to the questions of the day, real answers for real people, my prediction is you're not going to find much. 
And I, even though this is the last one, you'd think there'd be a whole big crowd coming out for the last time. My prediction is it probably won't be that big. Um, and that's, I, I think that so many of these speakers have, in the minds of the lame, many laymen, been compromised. And um, many of the heavy hitters that would probably normally be there are not there. Um, it, I just don't know that this is going to be a big thing. But I could be wrong. We'll see what happens. But that's my prediction. Those are my thoughts on this. And uh, my encouragement is follow Christian leaders who have courage, who have faith and courage. Uh, they are willing to stand alone if necessary. But they know that standing with the Lord is better than seeking the approval of men. Uh, and, and that's what we need right now. So I hope that uh, satisfies those who wanted me to comment on it. Um, that's my thought. And hey, you can let me know what you think. Put, put your comment in the info section. Maybe I'm wrong on something. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm missing something in all of this and uh, I, I need to uh, see where I erred. So you can even put a, a critique in there. But, uh, but I don't think so. I think, I think I'm on the right track on this one. Um, anyway, uh, that's my assessment. God bless. Uh, hope to meet some of you on the road, if possible, if you're in the area. And uh, more coming, uh, Lord willing, later this week. If not, there will be some coming next week. Bye now. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.